Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 153 of We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining me. And before I forget, happy Father's Day to the dads out there. I hope you get to have time in whatever way you can, considering the current environment that we're in, to celebrate with those you love. Every day is a gift, and certainly every Father's Day for the dads out there, and I'm, I'm one of those, is a day worth celebrating. And I also want to acknowledge I don't often share non-cancer-related information on the show, but how could I not? And, and that is, I'm so excited to share with our audience that I'm going to be a grandfather. And my youngest son, Elliot, and his beautiful wife, Molly, are expecting a son around Halloween. And can't wait. Just can't wait. I also want to take a few minutes to acknowledge what's happening in our country right now. And yeah, I know this is the we have cancer but there's a reason why the word we is always capitalized when I'm referring to the show. Because we includes all of us. And it pains me to see what's happening in our country. On the one hand, I'm proud of the millions of people who've come out to support the members of our black community. And as you can tell, I I didn't script this. So this is coming from the heart. You know, I've just always treated people as best I can based on the love in my heart, but kind of being oblivious at times to the privileges afforded to me because of the color of my skin. And I think back to the iconic I Have a Dream speech that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave over 50 years ago. And to see what's happening today and say, here's where we are over 50 years later, 50 years. And this is still an issue. How can this be? And I know, how can this be? And that's a topic for another podcast. So I've made the decision that, you know, I looked at, spent some time in self-reflection and thinking about what can I do? And like everything, I think it's important, you know, you know, What's the first thing I can do? And I made the decision that I need to be more educated. So while I haven't spoken much, and this is the first time I've ever used this platform, the podcast, to to share these thoughts, I think I can speak more effectively if first 
I'm more educated. I want to give a shout out to a member of our colon cancer community who I met briefly at the colon congress sponsored by Fight CRC a couple of years back, Walter Hickman. And he shared a post, and I'm paraphrasing very loosely, but it was a link to an article that talked about how white people can become better allies. And it talked about education. There were some uh, books mentioned, and I said, all right, that's where I'm going to start. And I downloaded and have just begun reading the book, The New Jim Crow, and I'm only a couple of chapters in. And I'm shaking my head in such a way, realizing how much I don't know. So that's my mission. And if, like me, you're sitting there wondering what can you do, maybe that's the best first step for you, too, is to learn and then to talk. And more importantly than anything else, I think we all need to listen. My guest this week is Alexa Cucciara. Alexa was diagnosed in 2017 at the age of 19 with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So in the last three years, not only did she get treated for her cancer, which is now in remission, she has also completed her bachelor's degree at Fordham University. She's become a public speaker. She's written a book called Power to Persevere, which you can find on Amazon. And when I look at this list of things that Alexa has accomplished since her diagnosis three years ago, I needed to sit down and rest. (laughs) I was, I mean, this is, you're going to hear from Alexa. You know, sometimes you talk to somebody and you just get this connection, this, this feeling, if you will. And after talking to Alexa, I, I got that strong feeling that this woman is going to be a leader, a leader in our community, a leader in our country in some way, and it's going to inspire so many people because of her attitude and her energy. And I'll take a quote from her website, which is alexacuc.com. And she said, through my trauma, I have learned how to become grounded, love my body like never before, find beauty in the world, and most importantly, find purpose. You can follow Alexa on Instagram at AlexaCUC. Join me now for my inspiring conversation with Alexa Cucciara. Alexa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Lee. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. I got to tell you, Instagram has been the source of almost every interview I've done and probably in the last nine to 12 months. That seems to be where everybody's, (laughs) seems to be where people are finding me. So thank you for reaching out and offering to share your story. Tell us, I, I know it's been uh, going on three years, about two and a half years since you were diagnosed, but uh, take our listeners through what happened to you. Sure. So I was living a pretty normal life, living in uh, Poughkeepsie at the time, at, so I was away at school, 
at college. I was a sophomore at college, and I wasn't feeling too well. I had all these really weird things happen to me where I had night sweats, I had this unforeseen anxiety, a lot of fatigue. And then all of a sudden, at the beginning of 2017, which was my second semester of my sophomore year of college, I had this huge lump the size of a golf ball pop up on my collarbone. And I'm like, well, 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 what is this? And I remember mm. it just popped up out of nowhere in my night class. And I turned to my friend and I, I pointed to it and I was like, is this cancer? She's like, that can't be true. You're so healthy, Alexa. You eat organic, you work out. I'm like, you're right. But then deep down inside, I knew that there was something wrong. So I went to the nurses that week. We did some blood work. They thought it was perhaps mono, but it wasn't. They said that I already had mono. And then they were like, you should probably go home to get some further testing. So then that's what I did. I went to a ears, nose, throat specialist. I did a nasal endoscopy or endoscopy. They stick a camera through your nose. They check out your throat, your nose and everything. That was clear. Then I had a bunch of other blood work done. That was fine. I had an MRI, didn't see anything. And then I also had a fine needle biopsy and everything just came back negative. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I don't know what this is, but maybe it's nothing. And that's what all the doctors are saying. And they said that it was perhaps just a swollen lymph node from maybe I was fighting off a cold or something. I'm thinking, okay, you know, like I'm in, I'm at school, maybe I caught something there since I'm at a do- in, in a dormitory setting. There's a lot of students, a lot of germs. And then this bump was still there and I still was not feeling well. I started to like develop a rash on my neck and my chest and I wasn't really putting all these things together until my diagnosis. And then the, the way that I was diagnosed was my aunt had suggested me to see a doctor, another doctor again, just in case she had thyroid cancer and she was like, Alexa's not really looking too hot. Like you should just get it checked out one more time before you go back to school and study abroad. So now this is the summer. So summer came, it's now August, one of the last weeks in August. And I went to another ENT and he said, Alexa, I do not like the size of that. I do not like where it is we have to schedule you for a surgery. And here I'm a little hesitant and my family too is hesitant putting me into surgery just in case I didn't need one. All these doctors were telling me that there was nothing wrong with me. So right. then to have this, for me to go under the knife and then perhaps have a possibly having an infection or something else happening where I could have been paralyzed or I could have died. Like you can die from surgery. That was like a big precautionary measure that we took, but this bump was really bothering me. And we all had a feeling that there was something else wrong, but we didn't know what it was. So we're just like, okay, like let's schedule a surgery. So I had the surgery done. This is now the last week of August I had the surgery and I'm thinking I'm going back to school. I already moved in everything. I'm 19, I'm about to turn 20. I'm like, yes, my whole life is set ahead for me. I worked so hard my whole life. I had this, I just had this great internship. It was super competitive. And I got into it as a sophomore. And now I'm about, I'm about to begin my junior year of school. And I'm going to go abroad and, and continue to study business and fashion, everything that I was going to school for. My life is going to take off. But life tested me. And I woke up from that surgery. And 
I knew that there was something wrong. And like, I remember waking up and, and hearing myself say or scream out loud, is it out? Is it out? Like, those are the words I woke up to. Cause I like, I was probably listening subconsciously. I knew it, that it was not, not a good moment I was about to experience from what the doctors were saying when I was under. Um, so then I got the call um, in my waiting room, pretty groggy. And the doctor said, there's an 80% chance you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I kind of had a feeling what this was. And I remember asking the doctor, I was like, so is this cancer? And he said, yes, but it's curable. And I just froze. I kind of blacked out. Like, I, I don't even remember what happened. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, you're telling me, the 19-year-old girl who is healthy her whole entire life, who has had my whole entire life basically planned that I have cancer. I'm like, that is not true. That's not possible. I don't know what you're saying. So here I am. I'm thinking, okay, between now and the time that my pathology report is going to come back, it's going to somehow be gone or whatever this thing is, it's going to be gone because I'm resilient and I can, I can be anything, right? You had, a, but, you had other plans. Yeah. <laughs> and then the pathology report came back the first week of September, which is also supposed to be my first week of school, my syllabus week. And it was confirmed. I had to start chemotherapy right away. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I had to move everything out of school and completely pause and stop my life. And, you know, that that was something that I really wasn't prepared to face and I wasn't prepared to experience at that young age and just like working so hard as a student. And like I was also I also started a business in high school that was starting to do well, like halfway throughout my college career. I was going to take off and it was going to take off. And I had all these dreams. But then, like I said before, life just hit me and, and totally took me on a 360. And it's like you think like you're unstoppable until something like this happens to you. So a few weeks later, I had start chemo, but were you going to say something? No, I was going to ask you a question. How's your health now? Well, I am in remission. I'm fine now, which is awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's spectacular. That's spectacular. Yeah. So you're in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. You're working on your degree. Mm-hmm. You've written a book. You <laughs> speak. And I think I heard you say you started a business when you were in high school. Yeah, um, I, I've left that out a little bit. When, when <laughs> are you gonna start? When are you gonna start working on some goals and some achievements? <laughs> See, that was the thing too. Like, just my whole entire life, I had all these goals and achievements that I was setting out for myself, and then it's like I experienced this pause in my life, and I didn't really know what it was about. I didn't know the purpose of it. I was angry because. I immediately thought that I was going to die. Like when I heard those words, like you have Hodgkin's lymphoma and you have to start chemotherapy right away. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to die because I saw my grandfather battle this for years and years and pass away from it. And that's going to be me. I'm going to be that girl who's going to be sick. And I like, I immediately associated myself with that. And like, I just, I wasn't prepared for it at all. It's not something that was written in my life path. (laughs) that I could control. And it was scary though. I was the only young adult I knew who was going through this. I didn't know anyone else, just older folks. And that's all you hear. You hear older folks going through cancer. So I felt very alone and isolated and you didn't really know if there was a community out there or anything. So I was like, okay, what? (laughs) So 
Did you, you mentioned that, you know, you eat healthy, you exercise. I know you post a lot about that on your blog and, and on social media. Did you question those choices, you know, when you found out that you had cancers? Like, what was the point of eating healthy and, and living a healthy lifestyle? Or did, did that impact your view uh, of those life choices? You know, I think early on in my diagnosis, I felt like I was called to have this happen to me. Like I knew it was happening for me, for me to learn a little bit more about myself, for me to do something bigger with my life. Like I've become very spiritual from this too. And I knew that God had placed this in my life for a reason. And I didn't know exactly the reason of it at the time, but now as my life continues to unfold and I, and I wake up each day and I say my devotional and I set my intentions. Like now I understand that, you know, like although we might be living a perfect life or we're doing everything that we think is right, sometimes those things are like they're fine, but like there's another path for you. And like there were times that I questioned, still I questioned, okay, well, like why did this happen? But you know what? Like I, moving forward in my life today, I continue to still practice those healthy habits and I've actually developed even new, like better and more uh, efficient, healthier habits and things that are really like, pertaining to my body today, like within the state that it's in, because I feel like I'm still also kind of recovering. Like just this past month or past two months, I finally feel like my old self or I'm like starting to feel like my old self, of course, like in a new body, but I'm finally starting to feel like, I have my life back instead of me like waking up every single day in so much pain like I did just a year ago. Like now I can actually wake up and go on a run, you know? So it's just like baby steps. Where does this drive come from? I don't know. <laughs> I think my mom asked me today something very similar. She's like, where did you come from, Alexa? <laughs> I, I, I really don't know. I feel like this resilience maybe has been ingrained in me. Um, I was speaking on another podcast a few weeks ago. Someone reached out to me and was like, whoa, like, can we like chat? I'm like, sure. And she said that maybe it was because of, I'm Italian. She's like, it's that Italian grit. <laughs> like, I have no idea. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> going back to that whole entire notion of spirituality, I feel like God has these plans for you and your soul knows that you're going to go through these things. And like my soul chose to come here in this body at this time and experience this thing that I was supposed to experience and go through. And like, it was already destined put into my life path. So like I was already built and equipped to go through this and it's what's made me even stronger today. So like before all this, I thought it was unstoppable, but then like basically stopped me put a huge hold on my life and I was very angry and very upset and afraid but then like I learned through that that I could become resilient and I could do things that weren't going to affect my circumstance because like at the end of the day you're only given one life so if you're gonna just create the story that okay like I'm sick or I am this or I'm that and if you're gonna start to put limitations on yourself then that's where you're gonna fall down like that dark hole. And I did fall down that dark hole like a lot of times. It might sound like all positive and, and great right now, but it, it was a big test. And I just had to keep reminding myself that like the light at the end of the 
tunnel or like all these other survivors who have been through worse situations and have come out on a brighter side, which are a few because I feel like I, I didn't really see that, you know, there were like, I think two other people who I looked up to specifically when I was going through chemo, it was Anthony Rizzo. He had my cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma and uh, uh, James Connor, a football player. Anthony Rizzo is a baseball player. James Conner is a football mm-hmm. player. They both had Hodgkin's. And I'm like, you know what? I see them and they're living their best lives and they're athletes. And like, it might be possible for me to do that too. <laughs> be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to learn how you can get your rear in gear. Where did the idea for writing Power to Persevere come from? Interesting you say that and ask that because throughout my treatment, my friends would joke around with me and say, Alexa, you have so much wisdom right now. Where did this come from? <laughs> like, I don't know. They're like, you should write a book. So I would always joke around about writing a book. And I remember even receiving this huge box of books from my friends at school. They sent it to me like as a, here are a bunch of books. I hope you get better. Hope you can read these during your treatment. And I was, I remember telling my mom, like, as I was opening the book, like, mom, like, my book's going to be in here too one day as a joke, right? But then this idea started to become more serious. And I started to learn a lot more about myself and resilience and perseverance and about like spirituality, um, vulnerability, acceptance, like trusting in like a higher power, like all these certain things that helped me heal. I thought they were really, really useful and prominent in not only my life, but other people's lives as well. And I didn't see this book anywhere. Like I, I, I couldn't find a book that really pertained to this. And I kept having dreams of me writing it. Like I would really, really try to push this idea under the rug because I was so afraid of opening up to anyone about what I went through. Because like I said before, I didn't know anyone who went through chemotherapy at my age that I was like, I can't do this. But just one thing led to another. And I just kept meeting young authors who also published books around my age. And I saw that it was a possibility. And I just like bit my tongue. And I'm like, Alexa, you keep having these intuitions and and these thoughts. This is something, another thing that's written in stone. It's like your life path. Like you have to write about your journey, your story. You have to do something where you're allowing others to trust their battles that they're going through and know that it's happening to them for a reason, a reason for them to grow, for them to live their best lives and for them to become stronger. So it just kind of happened. I I thought, I didn't know. I just, I, it just came to me in a way. <laughs> the style of the book, it's, it's not just about you, is it? No, no. There are plenty of stories, I think, like over 20 stories in there of me, of people who have been homeless, have had cancer as well, chronic disease and illness, has lost a parent at a very young age or loved one at a very young age, have been through anxiety, depression, or have also, I said homelessness, right? Okay. You, you did. There's this one <laughs> other point. Oh, no. I'm forgetting it. <laughs> It'll come back. That's right. <laughs> um, no, but just all these different experiences that either young adults or 
older adults have been through, but they like, come out on the other side and they've persevered. So, Was there one particular story that just really stuck with you? Yes. Um, actually, there's this one young adult by the name of Jack Wallace who lost his leg in a boating accident when he was like eight years old. But he went, he thought that he was totally impaired for his whole life, that he couldn't do anything. And then he went to this one camp and he saw this boy throwing a frisbee without any hands. And he was like, okay, well, if he's doing that, I can get my life together, even at these young age, and I can also, like, quote-unquote, persevere. So he, he did that, and he actually ended up winning two gold medals, and he's a Paralympian. So that's super awesome. And just from having no encouragement, but then seeing someone kind of mirror this experience that he could also carry as well allowed him to just pick up his feet and just, go for it and and pursue something that he never even thought was possible so it's just like those stories that i try to communicate and talk about like you know you're going to be faced with things in life that you're not that you're not going to like but at the end of the day like you could get through it and you could face those obstacles and you're going to have some battles and barriers but like we're all going through it and if you build a community you can get through it together and that's what i was trying to do with power to persevere I find it interesting that the story that first came to mind, his story, I don't know if you noticed, but it mirrors your story. Yeah. Right? Overcoming that adversity and, and, mm-hmm. and conquering your goals and everything you've just shared. just It just kind of jumped out at me as you were talking that your favorite story was almost your story. I mean, they're all basically... Yeah, they're like all the stories in there are like my story. And that's the funny part too, because every single chapter has a specific theme. But I talk about a part of my story in that little four month window, that year that I went through that was exactly like what these people went through. And like at the end of the day, like I said before, like we all have something, but it's like we, we're going through it together. Like we can go through it together. It's just about us building that community, becoming vulnerable, sharing our stories, sharing advice, and we can actually use that wisdom to get through whatever we're going through. So if we're going to look at someone else's challenging moment in their life, we can start to see, oh, okay, so they did that. But they did that in such a possible way that I can do that too. And there was this one female, I think she's, her name is Amy Purdy. I don't know if she's in, in sledding or skiing. Do you know who I'm talking about? She lost both of her limbs due to a disease. I heard her on Super Soul Sunday, right when I got out of treatment. Anyways, but she was one of the stars in my journey of perseverance. I'm like, wow, she went through such a tragic event too. But here she is. She lost both of her legs and she's rocking it in life. So I'm like, if she's not letting that bother her, then I'm not going to let cancer bother me. Although I felt like I completely lost control of everything that I went through after treatment, too. And like during treatment, like it's hard. You, you, your whole entire life just comes to a stop and to a pause. And like when your treatment's really, really toxic and where it's not let allowing you to go out because you have to be isolated at home because your white blood cell counts are super low and like you can't get out of bed you can't you cannot physically like stand up because you're so weak 
from like the shots that you're giving yourself. Like you start to question life and you start to question the purpose of your life and, and why you're living, you know? But then like just hearing about other stories helps you create this positive notion around yours. They're like pillars and signs of hope. You know, you talk, you're, you're such a positive enthusiastic approach to life talk a lot about healthy eating healthy living exercise with the current pandemic situation that we're all going mm-hmm. through right now how you know, have those skills alexa helped you in any way cope with you know being quarantined and all the challenges that we're facing right now definitely i mean as soon as this all happened you know, there wasn't a lot of information around it when everything just first came out, but I knew I was like, this is happening for a reason. There's going to be this collective energy or we're all collectively experiencing this as a globe because there's something higher for all of us to experience. We need to learn more about ourselves. Maybe we need to get in touch with our families more. We need to just hone in. Like there's something bigger out there because like it's going to be a very big challenge and honestly I didn't think this was going to be we were going to be in quarantine for this long like I expected to go back to school I thought I was going to graduate on time well I am going to graduate on time but like I thought I was going to have the ceremony thing but it's been a huge pro- like problem for everyone and like I even have some family members and close friends who have been extremely affected by it too and it's scary but just knowing at the end of the day it's like these moments allow us to actually put life into perspective and to kind of foster new habits or rituals to get in touch with our higher self in a way. So like during this pandemic time, I was, I've honestly felt like it's been very similar to being female because I've been isolated. I haven't had freedom to do anything. I'm kind of under these strict rules, but I'm taking this as a time to do things that I would have not done elsewise or that I would have had been using my time doing like instead of going to school like commuting three hours um every day i'm taking those three hours and i'm trying to build something that my heart is having a huge like that my heart is calling me to do so like when i was in chemo i was like okay i'm going to use this time to better myself to to learn more about what the purpose of life is to practice art because I'm also an artist so I'm going to start to paint more and start I'm going to start to read more I'm going to start to understand what meditation is and I'm going to study what nutrition is like the value of nutrition so like I did all these things that I would have not been able to do and like that's what I'm doing now during this time I'm just trying to do all these things that I would have not really had the time to do if it wasn't for this so I'm using this time as a blessing again like it's, it's, it is a very hard time for me my family for a lot of friends but there are always little pillars of light and positivity that comes in any circumstance. Like we're, we might be having this crazy battle as a world, but there are better things that are coming out of this. And it, you just have to actually like see those sides, you know, like you just have sure. to try to shift your perspective. Like and it takes time too. It's not easy, but no. you just have to keep reminding yourself of like your purpose, why you're here and then try to, use that within certain crazy circumstances that experiencing. Alexa, five years from now, what would you have hoped to accomplish? Impact as many people as possible who are going through challenging moments. 
I hope especially to impact my cancer community too and just letting them know that, you know, whatever they're going through, they they might not have planned to have cancer, but hey, don't let your circumstances affect your dreams and just make sure that you're setting those goals and understanding that you can get through anything if you just put your mind to it and you you live out of a place from light and love. I think that's my hope. I just I I wish that others can view their circumstances in a way that I was I learned to view them. Um, but it like it was very hard for me at the beginning to understand the purpose behind all that pain. But it just it takes time. But if there's someone to foster it and shadow it, then it's easier to know that that's possible. You know, light and love. What a wonderful yeah. message. What a thank wonderful you. message. <laughs> Alexa, thank you so much for sharing your inspiring story. I'm I'm sitting here going, uh, I didn't have half of my life together or my life half as well together when I was your age. And, and I truly, uh, that's meant as a compliment. And thank your you. attitude and your outlook on life, I have no doubt that you're going to achieve everything you've, you've set out to do. And most importantly, you're going to impact the lives of many people. I hope so. That's the goal. Even with power to persevere. Like I just hope that someone will pick up that book and when they're in a really dark place and see all these stories and say, Hey, you know what? I have the power to persevere through whatever I'm getting through. That's the goal. Power to persevere can be found on Amazon. Alexa, thank you so much for joining me. I wish you all the best. Thank you. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that traditionally I take a break somewhere in the middle of the show to share with you the various events that the Colon Cancer Coalition is promoting around the country. Obviously, with the situation as it is right now, and many of us trying to adhere to social distancing, they've been unable to obviously host their live events, particularly their Get Your Rear and Gear Run walk events, things of that nature. However, you could still support them because they've transitioned several of these events to quote-unquote virtual events, really an easy way for you to support the Colon Cancer Coalition from home. And it's important to me to to share this message with you because I know so many nonprofits currently are really struggling for support with the current situation. And they've been a wonderful and longtime supporter of the We Have Cancer podcast. So if you're looking for ways to support the Colon Cancer Coalition, please visit their website at coloncancercoalition.com forward slash events. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer, and thank you to our sponsor, the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. You can subscribe to We Have Cancer by visiting Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. And you can find us on social media by visiting our Facebook page at We Have Cancer Show and at We Have Cancer Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.